2: Welcome to the Locked on Wizards podcast. It's your host, Ed Oliver. Thank you for making Locked on Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today we have special guest Al Goldie of the Al Goldie podcast. He's also a co-host of the Nats Chat, Nats Chat podcast featured on the Washington Post. How are you doing today, man? Hey, good.
0: I appreciate you having me on. Thank you.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, uh, we can cue Stephen A., the dang Washington Wizards. (laughs) All right, so um, first question I just wanted to ask you, um, this one involves the Commanders as well. This is one is a quick one uh, because Al, he does the Commanders, he does the Nats, Capitals, any DC sports, you name it, he does it on his podcast. Uh, Who do you think between the Wizards and the Commanders has the better future, I would say, within this year coming up, this season coming up? and uh, the season after, I would say, for the next two years? Well,
0: I think because of the nature of the NFL, I'd say the commanders, just because you can kind of fluke your way into doing well. You know, it's only a 17-game season, so you don't have to be great to do great. Um, So I, I would say, like, okay, if we define success as making the playoffs, which is such a low bar, but that's kind of what we're looking at with our two teams here, I would think the commanders are in better position. I think in the NBA, it's harder to fake it, you know? So, like, if you're good, that's great. But over an 82-game season, it's hard to, like, luck your way into the playoffs unless the conference is really bad. And, of course, for the longest time, the Eastern Conference was bad. But that maybe isn't the case anymore. I mean, the East this season is the best it's been in a long time. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we're kind of arguing, like, who's the nicest guy in prison? But I would say probably... (laughs) probably the commanders in the immediate future, even though I think you could argue the wizards are in a better standing in terms of like where they are in their conference versus where the commanders are in their conference. But in the NBA, man, if you're not like a top two or three seed, it's hard to do a lot. And uh, I think that's the real problem for the wizards right now.
2: Right. Yeah. And it's a single elimination uh, process in the NFL. You know, you see a team like the Niners with Jimmy G, they can get hot or a blocked punt, or a blocked field goal, you never know. But seven games where you have to beat the Sixers, or the Heat, in seven games, or the Nets, it's just its just a tall task. So it's, the way it's set up is, is tougher. Um, but yeah, the biggest offseason question we have this year is Bradley Bill. In his contract situation, he is eligible for a five-year, $242 million contract, Supermax extension, or $252 million. Uh, how do you feel the Washington Wizards should handle his contract situation, and uh, what is the best-case scenario for the Wizards and Bradley Beal with that contract situation coming up?
0: Yeah, I mean, there really isn't a great path to take here. I really don't like the position the Wizards have put themselves in with this Bradley Beal situation because you look at things as they stand now, you either have to trade him, which at this point you're going to get pennies on the dollar for him because he it would have to be a sign and trade, and those things almost never net the team trading the star player equal value for the player. Uh, you could lose him as an unrestricted free agent, which would be the worst possible thing. Or you could give him what you just said, that supermax contract and pay him $50 million a year. And, you know, I like Bradley Beal. I don't think he's a bad guy. He's certainly not a bad player. But to me, he's not a supermax player. He's not worth nearly $50 million per year. And, you know, I don't begrudge anyone for making what they can make. But in a salary cap league, what players make matters. And it you know, you take a step back and you just objectively analyze Bradley Beal. He's not a good three-point shooter. He's a mediocre defender. He's never taken the Wizards to anything of true consequence, right? I mean, the franchise has advanced past the second round of the NBA playoffs since 1979. He can be an elite scorer. That's true. He can rebound. He can pass. So, again, he's not a bad player. But is he worth $50 million per year, close to that? I mean, if Bradley Beal is your best player— what truly is your ceiling as an NBA team? So there is no perfect situation here. I mean, I certainly expect the Wizards to offer him the Supermax. It sounds like he's leaning toward accepting it, although, you know, it's not definite until it happens. And that does kind of concern me of like, he's kind of stringing the Wizards along and then at the last second might say, yeah, you know, I'm not really feeling it here anymore. You guys need to trade me. I mean, he does that that really screws the wizards because they're not going to get back anything close to equal value for him so i guess as things stand now given the predicament i would say probably the best case scenario is to resign deal next season he kyle kuzma and chris Stapp's porzingis are healthy and i actually think that is a big three i mean that's not terrible you know like you could win 45 48 maybe 50 games with a big three like that i mean you know the question that becomes well is that NBA championship caliber? And the answer is no, but you could certainly have some success with a big three like that. So I think as things stand now, that's what you're looking at. I think that's what the Wizards are hoping for. But, you know, if you think about this logically, I I think the Wizards probably should have traded Beal a while ago and gotten back uh, more what you could consider to be equal value for him because I think the situation they're in right now with him isn't good. And I tell you the other thing I've never loved is this constant thing of like, the Wizards trying to convince Bradley to want to stay and fearing him leaving them. You know, I don't like that position. I actually think you could argue it should be Beal trying to convince the Wizards to continually offer him these max contracts that they keep offering him. You know, like, how come that's never talked about? Why is it always the Wizards have to prove themselves to Beal? What exactly is Beale proving to the Wizards? So it's a complicated situation, but... As things stand now, I think you're probably best off keeping Bradley and just hoping for the best with him.
2: Right, yeah, and it's, it's interesting that you brought up that he could leave the Wizards high and dry. You know, who knows if Miami Heat and Pat Riley, they roll out the red carpet for him, and, and they can they can just offer him a better team and a better opportunity of winning a ring. Same thing with the Sixers and other teams. Um, so it is intriguing. You know, Bradley Bill, he's more of a number two option rather than a number one. Um, so the Wizards are putting them at, themselves in a tough, Spot giving him a huge, a massive deal like that, but um, I, I wanted to segue. You did brought up, you did bring up Kristaps Porzingis. Just want to get your thoughts on um, the trade that Tommy Shepard pulled uh, right before the trade deadline, trading Davies Berton, Spencer Dinwiddie for Kristaps Porzingis and a second-round pick. I just want to get your thoughts on Kristaps' performance so far um, after the couple of games that he did play. It.
0: Yeah, I thought he looked good. I mean, I thought probably the biggest bright spot down the stretch of the season was Porzingis playing as well as he did. And, you know, the Wizards obviously became a very up and down team. At times, they looked good. At times, it looked awful. But Porzingis was pretty consistently good. Um, You know, the defense isn't always great, but he had some really impressive offensive performances. He can rebound. He can pass a little bit. Um, So I think, like, the big concern with him was, okay, this knee situation – How's he looking with it? I thought he looked pretty good. So from that standpoint, I liked it, and I want to see more. Like, that's why I think a big three of Beal, Porzingis, and Kuzma has some viability. I mean, I think if you look at the trade for Porzingis, it's that classic, you know, Ernie Grunfeld thing of making the best of a bad situation. You should not have been in this situation to begin with. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie was supposed to be this team's point guard for years to come. Instead, he ends up being here for five minutes. Everyone ends up hating him. It's still really odd to me. What happened behind the scenes? I mean, the way the Wizards talk about Dinwiddie, the way he talks about them, I mean, I don't know what happened, but it's incredible. It sounds like they can't stand each other. So that to me is peculiar. You know, the Bertons thing, look, I'm not going to be a phony. I endorsed the Wizards resigning him. I wanted them to resign him. It clearly did not work out. Um, He hasn't touched what he was two years ago since then. And I'm still really put off by him showing up out of shape uh, now, two seasons ago, you know, prior to last season, that to me, that's that classic thing. If you get paid and then you get fat and happy, like, no, that's, that's not good. So, you know, it you had two situations that were not uh, good and did not reflect well on the organization. But in terms of trying to clean up the mess, you did a pretty good job of it here because it looks like uh, you got Porzingis and he's good. And if he stays healthy, I think he could be really good for the Wizards.
2: Yeah, it's crazy how Denny didn't work out. Like you said, he was here for five minutes, and there's reports that his teammates hated him, and apparently he didn't like them either no. uh, by some of the uh, reports. And then, like you said, Bertans um, stole some money from the Washington Wizards. So it's <laughs> <which>, like they, <laughs> Tommy Shepard did get a steal. in crest house for Zingas. But I do want to talk about the young three um, in Denny, Kispert, and Rui. But before we do get to that, we have a quick word from Athletic Greens. So what is Athletic Greens? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Also, Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him $100 a day. But he found something better he created athletic greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free free travel packs with your first purchase All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So check that out. And then also this episode is brought to you by betonline.net. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the major league baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Enter the website today to use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Another recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so about the young three, uh, Corey Kispert, Denny Avdia, and Rui Hachamira, which of the three impressed you the most? This season, and if you do see the Wizards making a trade, uh, which guy do you would you rather keep out of the three <clears throat> out of the three young players?
0: Uh, I like Obvia the best. Uh, I thought Obvia was a real bright spot, especially as the season went on. I mean, it, you know, Obvia is one of these guys who can do so many things for you, and I think it's always so much fun to look at Wizards box scores after games and see what those Obvia totals are because he can shoot the three. He can get you rebounds. He can get you assists. He can get you steals. Like, there's a real versatility with him. And, you know, at times, he's been their best defender, which, you know, I know isn't saying much given how this team plays defense overall. But the guy can play some defense, too. So, um, I like Abdi. I like him a lot. And, you know, I I don't really care that, like, he doesn't start or anything like that. You know, it's funny with him. He, He seems to do a lot better when he comes off the bench. But that's fine. Like, in the NBA, it's about how many minutes you play. It's not about who starts. And you know, who comes off the bench anyway. So I like God, you're the best. I mean, I like all three. Um, you know, it was a weird year for Rui, obviously, with him missing basically the first half of the season due to the personal issues. I hope that those are uh behind him and you know he's in a good place. Obviously, the thing with Rui that really stuck out was the three-point shooting as the season went on. I think the sample was too small to say that like Rui has arrived as a great three-point shooter, but if in fact he has become a better three-point shooter, that's huge. Um, I think Rui's a solid player, you know, I I think he's a guy, he's obviously not like part of your big three. But if he's part of like your top six or seven guys, I think that's perfectly acceptable. You know, I I think we need to see more from Kispert. Uh, He did some good things down the stretch of the season. But I, I think, you know, there's more that you want to see before like you feel great about that pick. I like the pick when they made it. And obviously, he's known as having been a great three point shooter at Gonzaga. So I think you just want to see that more consistently. At the NBA level. I mean, if you're telling me you have to trade one or more of those guys, I'm really not looking to trade Avdia, but NBA teams aren't stupid. I mean, I think they they see that Avdia is probably the best out of those three. Um, and he would have some real trade value. But I would not be in a rush to trade him. And um you'd have to really you'd have to be really getting someone who you feel great about to include Avdia in a trade package. Otherwise, to me, I look at Avdi as like a piece around whom you can build. Like he's part of your nucleus. He's not the featured part, but he,
2: I think, could be a real key part of what the Wizards do moving forward. Yeah, Denny definitely showed some flashes. Um, throwing up the clamps defensively. Yeah. Yeah, He was uh, guarding Giannis in the beginning of the year, Brandon yeah. Ingram, Jimmy Butler. So he showed a lot of potential. All three guys showed some flashes. We just want to see more consistency. Are they number one options or number two options? We just don't know yet. We need to see more, like you said, about Corey Kispert as well. Uh, Rui shot the three a lot better from um, outside as well. Um, so, comparing the Wizards' future and what they're going into compared to some of the lot the other lottery teams that are in the lottery, like the Magic, the Pistons, Pacers, the Rockets, and Thunder. Which out of the do you think the Wizards have a better future or more of a sense of direction than those teams? I mean, I think
0: that, like, it's weird with the Wizards because they were not a good team these last few years. But if you told me they win, like, 47 games next year, I could see that happening. Like, they have talent. And if guys just stay healthy and the Wizards actually get along and don't hate each other's guts, as we've seen happen too often over the years, I think this team could do well. So, like, if you said to me, the Wizards, out of all those teams you just mentioned, end up having the best 2022-2023 season. I would believe that. You know, it feels to me many times like the Wizards are their own worst enemy. You know, and and like, I feel like this past season was a perfect example of that. This was a team that was good enough to be 10-3, and three, and yet this was a team that was bad enough to be as bad as the team ended up being the rest of the season. And, you know, the defense, which was such a strength over those first 13 games, became such a problem and all of the obvious internal issues that arose. And it's like, if you just could get out of your own way, you know, because like defense to me, isn't about you lack defensive talent. I think it's more just about effort and communication. And you would hear Wes Unsell Jr. talk about that stuff during his post-game press conferences. I mean, guys getting along is just about guys being mature and about, uh, to be honest, you know, a guy like Wes doing a better job of policing things, Behind the scenes, but I, I don't look at the wizards and say, like, there's nothing here. Like there is stuff here. I think that's part of what makes things so tricky. And it's like, you know, I, I can understand it from a wizard's perspective, especially with the Bill stuff of like, you don't want to just blow everything up because there are things here. It's just like you look at the bigger picture, and it's been so long since the Wizards were anything close to championship caliber that you're like, well, where exactly are we? But you know, I've been a fan of the Bullets slash Wizards my whole life as a sports fan. I still feel like this team can be good. And I still want to believe that this team at some point can be NBA championship caliber. I always just try to look at things as, okay, what puts us on the best path to that? Because it's at the end of the day, it's not about winning 45, 47 games. It's about being in that 50, 60 win territory and being a top two or three seed in the East and making the NBA Finals. Like That's really how you have to be looking at things but i don't see the wizards as being like a disaster i just i see the wizards as constantly getting in their own way and uh, like i said at times being their own worst enemy
2: yeah and they're they're always in that eighth seed or the last couple of years they've been in that playing eighth seed type spot um, but they just need one more piece can they get that one more guy it's going to be tough to get it and they really really need a point guard and we're going to get to that point guard position but before we do get to that this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from 2 to 300 calories. Go to bill.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carbs. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories. Built Bars only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Mint, brownie, coconut, almond, and all new flavor white chocolate cookies and cream. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious. First, and figure out how to make it healthy, and I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code lock15 for 15% off at
1: built.com.
2: All right, so I, I wanted to ask you about the point guard position. Um, like you said before, Spencer Dinwiddie it didn't work out. That was supposed to be the guy that was supposed to be the Wizards' future. Sidekick to Bradley Bill. They brought in Tomas Sadoransky. They brought back Ish Smith, So they brought back a cast, of, a lot of guys that were there. Before with Tommy Shepard and Ernie Grunfeld. Um, how do you see the Wizards attacking the point guard position? There was a list of names that was brought up on NBC Sports Washington, Malcolm Brogdon, DeJounte Murray, and then also another familiar name, John Wall, how do you feel about the name, the the guys on that list, and how do you feel the Wizards will look at the point guard position?
0: Yeah, I think a trade probably is coming. Um, That seems to be how Tommy Shepard likes to address things, and, you know, that's fine. Um, Brogdon is the guy who intrigues me the most out of those guys. I don't know how realistic it is that the Wizards get him. You're obviously not going to be gifted him. You're going to have to give up something substantial to get him. Um, you know, now maybe the Wizards can address point guard with their first round pick. We'll see what that ends up being. But, yeah, my sense would be you're probably looking at a trade. Uh, I have zero interest in this John Wall thing. And I'm surprised that, like, this is even a thing. Okay, I think that's that's gone, that's done. I mean, what people need to remember about the John Wall thing is the Wizards attached a first round pick to him to get rid of him. For a guy in Russell Westbrook who, at the time anyway, was considered to be the same player, just as expensive and older. Okay, so the Wizards were very much wanting to get rid of Wall, to bring him back now, multiple years since the trade. The body is older. Um, You know, it's not crystal clear what happened with Houston, but clearly things did not go well with Houston. Um, You know, to try to recreate 2017, I, I just... I'm not really in the mood for that. Like, to me, you got to move on from stuff like that. So uh, I would be more apt to try to swing a deal for Brogdon. Um, And if not him, then maybe there's someone else out there who you can get. You know, you mentioned Ish Smith, though, and not that he's a starter, but I have to say, as a backup point guard, boy, has he been so good for the Wizards over his two stints with them. And it was crazy to me. You know, they obviously reacquire him this past February 10th, right on NBA trade deadline day. And like, all he does is rack up assists. Like he, to me was one of the bright spots down the stretch of the season. And he would have these games where he'd play for like 15, 20 minutes. And he'd have like seven assists versus one turnover. And he just, he makes it look so easy sometimes. So again, I'm not saying is Smith is your starter, but I tell you, I wouldn't mind him being the wizards uh, backup point guard for next season. There seems to be something here where he works well with some of these guys. He does well as a wizard. I mean, this is now two stints with the Wizards in which he's been rather productive. Like, you look at his per-minute production, he did a nice job. So I think that might be a sneaky key thing. And, you know, I don't want to overemphasize the word key, but I think that could be a sneaky key thing for the Wizards to have a guy in Ish back as their uh, second point guard and, you know, be someone who can really give them that efficient backup point guard play.
2: Yeah, I thought Ish played really well. Him and Dale Caffer had a nice connection, and uh, there was one game where Ish had 14 assists, yeah, and zero turnovers. So that's really hard to come by. I mean, I, I think it would be, it would be nice to bring him back, Tomas, as well as you brought up John Wall. They he didn't leave on good terms either with Ted Leonsis, and the whole um, video that was on social media that Ted really? Leonsis didn't like either. So there's some, um, some some you know things that have to be mended. For that to happen but like you said their ceiling was the second round we already saw as far as they could go you know him standing on the table against the celtics and then they ended up losing um so it would be interesting to, it, it, i know some fans would love the the nostalgia and bringing john wall back and you know doing the dougie i know a lot of fans would love that. <laughs> the dougie um,
0: was good he did do a good dougie that is
2: true. <laughs> right um and then so lastly i, I know you got to go this is a commander's question. How confident are you in Carson Wentz coming up this year? And uh, what's what's because the Vegas is seven and a half over over under seven and a half. How how are you feeling about that over under?
0: Well, I would go over because as things stand right now, the Commanders appear to have one of the easier schedules in the NFL, and it's always uh, dicey to play the schedule game in April because so many things can change between now and the season but um if you go by other teams over unders and you assess schedule strength that way as opposed to going off records from last season uh the commanders are poised to have the easiest schedule in the nfl so that bodes well for them like if you look at their playoff seasons in the dan snyder era every one has been a season that featured either a weak nfc east uh and or a weak schedule so that, that seems to kind of be the formula in, in recent times for the team doing well. So I'm actually bullish on the over for the commanders with the win total. As far as Carson Wentz, I mean, look, it's impossible to ignore the commanders being his third team in three seasons. It's impossible to ignore the Colts having traded Wentz after just one season. I think you're being naive if you don't give at least some credence to these reports that have been out there about, you know, him lacking in leadership and him not being the most coachable player and things of that nature. But I would say a few things. Number one, you know, Ron Rivera is not a dummy, right? So he's aware of these concerns. He does appear to have talked to a lot of people about Wentz. And if you buy into, and I do, that the bulk of Wentz leaving the Colts after one season was the owner souring on Wentz, maybe more so than the football people, then there is reason to believe that maybe, you know, Carson Wentz isn't this, like, horrible human being that some people have made him out to be. Another thing, too, is if you're Carson Wentz, right, this is probably it for you as a starting quarterback. Like, if this doesn't work out, then where exactly are you? So you would think that there's going to be a motivation and a focus for him to better himself in whatever ways he needs to better himself and to be on his best behavior, You know, I thought his introductory press conference was good. He didn't shy away from maybe having been guilty of some things in the past. You know, so maybe there's a humility here. We know he's a very religious guy. So maybe some of that has sort of compelled him to say, hey, you know, I have gone wrong in some ways. I need to be better when it comes to being a leader and being more coachable. But I think the bottom line is this. He's not an awful quarterback. You know, like if you're I think if you're being honest, he's like a middle of the pack quarterback. You know, if you look at some of the numbers last season it was actually better than middle of the pack it's it's kind of a a, uh, a a tricky statistical profile some of the numbers are good some aren't but i think if he could just play as like a middle of the pack guy you know like he's the 15th best starting quarterback in the nfl that's an upgrade from what the team has had over the last really four years you know so if you just get that and you enjoy reasonable health on offense, which the team did not last season, and the defense plays as it did in the second half of last season as opposed to the first half of last season, I do think that the commanders can go, say, 9-8, and eight, maybe 10-7, and seven, especially given that schedule. I mean, I have no delusions of the team being like a Super Bowl contender, but I don't think the team – it's kind of like the Wizards. The team isn't as bad as we sometimes think it is it just can feel that way, especially with the commanders because of all the the off-the-field stuff. But the roster does have some strengths. And if the team has a good draft, then I don't think it's all gloom and doom with the commanders. Like, I, I as a fan, fully expect this team to very much be in the playoff hunt. And uh, I would be disappointed if the team didn't have, you know, say, nine wins next season.
2: Yeah, I like it. I like it. As a commanders fan myself, um, I, I think that first place that or weakest schedule should definitely help us out there. And um, I'll be rooting for Carson. And, and I know you think the commander should draft a quarterback, but I don't know if that would help Carson. You know, how, you know how confident this is. So I don't Well, know if they we
0: like but... a quarterback, I want them to take one. I don't want them to right. force it. I just, I look at Malik Willis, right. And I'm very intrigued. And I just think if they're intrigued, they shouldn't let the presence of Carson Uh, dissuade them from taking Malik. But otherwise, yeah, I I tend to think probably part of the reason
2: for the trade is that the commanders don't love the quarterbacks in this draft. Right. That makes 100% sense. That makes 100% sense. Um, Before we head off, I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA. From the first jump ball of the play tournament to the last possession of the finals, Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams and uh before you head off al is there anything that you wanted to plug or promote uh well
0: i do the al galdi podcast new episode is out each weekday morning by the 5 a.m hour i talk a lot of commanders and wizards and nationals and capitals so i uh, definitely would encourage people to check that out and if you're a nationals fan especially i do the Nats chat podcast uh with mark stuckerman we come out with an episode the uh, morning after every nationals game so yeah a lot of dc sports talk but i appreciate you let me plug those things and uh appreciate you having me
2: on definitely thanks for coming on and have a good one thank you guys for listening
1: hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app
0: today